Welcome back to the Let's Talk About It podcast. This is episode nine, and I have a very special guest who um, is one of my classmates' aunts. Hello. Hi. So, so she worked or is going to work in alcohol and drug recovery. She recently got her degree from Naugatuck, correct? Yes, I did. All right, so do you just want to sort of talk about what that degree sort of entailed and what you learned in that process? Sure. So I went to Naugatuck Community College. Um, I did a two-year degree program. I got my associate's degree in drug and alcohol counseling. Um, they also offer a certificate program um, that, you know, we still have to take um, a certified exam to be certified, um, but we do an internship um, which I did mine down at Recovery Network of Programs. Um, other than that, I am currently continuing my education um, at Post University, going for the human services um, to further that, um, to work in the recovery field as well. That's awesome. So with that degree, would that sort of grant you access to jobs like at um, rehab centers? Like, is that sort of where you're aiming? Yes, it will. It will. So, um, like right now, I could go and get a position down at like MCCA or, um, you know, any of the recovery, um, recovery programs. Yeah. However, you know, I'm not, I would not be a certified um, recovery specialist at this point, but there are positions like technicians, people that can go in and help um, do um, urinalysis and testing mm-hmm. and, um, you know, some clinical work for them. Gotcha. I was going to say, because I know that you need to have special access to a lot of the rehab centers because earlier in the year, I tried to work with um, the place in Kent. I forget the name. Oh, okay. Um, I was slipping my mind as well, too, right now. High Watch? High Watch. That's it. Yeah. That's you a know. beautiful place. Yeah, it is. It's a gorgeous area. But um. I tried like working with them earlier in the year just to see what they could have had to offer for my project but like it's very closed off like you said like I needed to schedule a time to go in and even then like they wouldn't let me go in so like are most recovery centers sort of like that from your experience or I'm not sure if um, they are because you got to remember patient confidentiality. Yeah. Um, so you know they are very strict on patient confidentiality. Um, so, you know, I would try maybe a couple of different places if, if they were understanding of that it is a senior project, they would they might be more willing um, to do something, you know, off hours, um, you know, but if you're going to an inpatient facility, it's kind of tough. Yeah. You know, that makes sense a lot. Yeah. Um, like you can't even like if you were to call and ask if anybody was there, like as counselors, we can't even if someone's called say, Oh, like, you know, I'm so and so's mom or dad, we can't we can't even say, you know, oh, they come here or they don't come here. It's it's you know, we're not allowed to even say anything like that. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, because I mean that's also a thing because this is my first time really learning about like the traditional recovery process through like rehab centers and recovery centers. Because in one of my previous guests, he was sort of an accountability coach where he wasn't there to like enforce sobriety, but he was there to just sort of hold you accountable and make sure that you're feeling good throughout the beginning of the recovery process. So I just think it's sort of interesting that and it's like 
do you see where i mean i guess what i'm going to ask is like do you think that that is helpful towards the recovery process do you think that there's a place for that accountability coaching i guess i'm not ex- entirely sure what he calls it now i remember in the episode he was saying that he was in the process of changing the name i do i do honestly you know when i had worked um when i did my internship um i had done it it was an outpatient um an outpatient facility mm-hmm. um where we offered iop and um you know, so clients would come in, they would do like group IOP, which is intensive outpatient therapy, um, three days a week. Um, and they also were accountable to their counselor. Um, they would meet with their counselor one day a week as well. The problem with, with a lot of substance abuse places is there's a very high staff turnover rate. And, you know, for people that come in that have addiction issues, they tend to not trust people very well so when you're coming into a you know into a place where you know you don't want to be there first of all you know most people don't want to be there Um, and then you have you know staff that you know you finally get you get a staff member and you start to open up to a staff member and then you um you know they're replaced by somebody else or they leave you know it kind of makes that individual feel very wary and very uncomfortable. Um, So I think those accountability coaches are someone who can help, you know, someone permanent who's going to be there and help to supply that um, needed security and that hope, um, you know, to help in their journey. I think that's that's something that is definitely something that is going to benefit them. Yeah, no, that's actually really interesting because I didn't know about the high turnover rate. There is. There's a very high turnover rate. Um, and I actually, you know, in the program that I was in, I actually did a jail diversion program. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we would do is we would go into lockup. Um, we would go into the Bridgeport Superior Court um, every morning and we would, you know, go in and we would see who was arrested the night before and certain candidates would be recommended to us saying okay this one tend, you know may have a, an addiction um so we would go down we would talk to them we would offer them uh to go into treatment um but they needed to still go before the judge and the judge would you know we would say we've offered this this individual treatment but the judge would have to approve it and once they were approved then they would go to the treatment facility in lieu of you know going to jail or Mm -hmm. whatever the um, punishment would have been um however they're still highly like they responsible to the court system they still have to go to all their court dates we you know we inform them whether they're doing their treatment they're doing all those things but even uh the clients that i had during that time you know um it was a small program and the clients would get bounced back and forth between several different counselors and i had one counselor one one client who'd come to me and she says you know it really bothers me that 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 you know i don't seem to have this consistency because you know it makes me it makes me very uncomfortable and i don't know you know i never know it's like I'm starting over every time I come because I have to tell the same thing every time I come to somebody new. And she, she found that to be very frustrating. So that that's like one of the problems that do plague, you know, the clients in the substance abuse field, you know, that go in and try to get some help is the inconsistency of a, a direct counselor um, that is there long term. So that yeah. is, I think, something that really needs to be addressed with, you know, within the field. That is very interesting. I think that should definitely be addressed. And that's something that I want to say I've almost like 
sort of encouraged but it's not really in like the clinical sense where it's like throughout like for like recovery like through treatment centers but it's like just like as a friend if they don't have somebody that is like an accountability buddy you can always like sort of be that person just to check in with them like i talked about that with my friend who is seeking sobriety and that's what he said was the most helpful thing to do just like constantly be there don't just check in and then leave that person's live or check in and then not really talk about it again just like always be there for that person on the basis of their recovery Correct. And, and i think that if you think about it in an everyday aspect as a normal human being someone who doesn't struggle with addiction you know knowing that you have an individual in your life that you know you may not talk to them every single day but know that you can call them and just you know, check in and tell them what's going on or, you know, pick up where you've left off after a few months of not talking and not feel judged and not feel, you know, um, you know, like you've done something wrong by, by trying to continue to work on yourself is it's very important for everybody. I mean, just having someone that can, you know, listen or know that they're there regardless of the situation is, is definitely a positive thing in people's lives. And I mean, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, alternatives, like, be- like, because of the high turnover rate, like, I'm sort of, like, just searching my mind for, like, ways that people can sort of replicate a friend or a person that's always there. And I just keep thinking back to in the beginning of the year for my project when I went to one of the Al-Anon meetings in Litchfield. Like, mm-hmm. like, what are your sort of, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the Al-Anon meetings and more more specifically Alcoholics Anonymous because I know that Al-Anon is a group for families but for like the Alcoholics Anonymous groups like where there's like a constant group where basically the same people are there every week do you think that's really helpful to the recovery process or do you think it can be? Oh absolutely absolutely I think you know a lot of people I've been to quite a few um you know, AA meetings. Um, I have a family member who mm-hmm. who was an alcoholic, and I, you know, I supported him through the years. Um, and you know, he to this day, I mean, he just so he just celebrated, you know, thirty years sober, and he wow. still goes to two to three meetings a week because he states that, you know, going to these meetings and seeing the same people and being, you know, and just it, it, they become family and they become this this you know, the sense of security and knowing that there's others that feel the same way, you know, just through their sharing and, and their stories and that, you know, it makes them feel that they, they are not alone in, yeah. in all honesty. So I, I think that, you know, in having sponsorships, like AA has, you know, sponsors, you can mm-hmm. reach out and you know, have a sponsor so that, you know, you have that brotherly, you know, sisterly relationship with someone where when you are struggling, you can reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm having a crap day today, you know, and they can give advice or say, hey, we all have those days, you know, just let's just keep moving forward or, hey, you, know, you messed up, let's, let's, you know, start over. So I think, I think that um, connection definitely is something that is needed in the recovery world yeah and that's also the thing too because i even see that at most like alcoholics anonymous groups and al-anon groups the people that are leading the meetings are in recovery like they have been sober for however many years and i think that's a really good way of doing it because it just shows like experience it shows sort of respect because when you put together two unlike people, I feel like there's always like that 
sort of divide especially in recovery where that's sort of like been the basis of my project like for a lot of people that haven't seen addiction firsthand like it's strange to them like it's hard to explain and it's hard for them to comprehend and it's nothing it's hard for them to understand yeah you are you're absolutely correct in that and then it's like to the people that have gone through it it's incredibly important and it just means so much it's just i don't know i could just be rambling right now but that's just sort of my thoughts on it no i think that's fantastic i really do you have some good points and you have some good insight into it yeah so um, also like i've seen like i've i haven't really done too much research into it and i know that you were just explaining it some more but i was like just watching like it on tv and movies like i've always like seen sponsors but i've never quite really understood it i've tried to do some research but it just still hasn't really clicked for me so could you just explain like what a sponsor is so uh you know a sponsor is honestly just just an, a fellow um you know a fellow member of the organization mm-hmm. that you know is willing to kind of take you under their wing and, and just be there as a mentor and just you know someone that you can pick up the phone and literally say I'm really having a bad day today or, mm-hmm. or hey I'm struggling with this today and they can say oh you know it's really just a lifeline another lifeline that you can reach out to and you know and just get help or advice or just you know friendship from mm-hmm. that so you don't feel alone it, it's it's pretty a simple it's yeah. pretty much a simple yeah that makes sense i just wasn't yeah. sure if it was like somebody who was in recovery or not but thank you they are in most yes they are in recovery so they they would be somebody that's in the the aa meeting um you know with you mm-hmm. or from another you know it could be from another aa meeting it doesn't have to necessarily be that exact meeting you know place but right. it, it is within the aa community yeah also um I'm just gonna like ask you for your experience with this because earlier in the year I was like trying to find like these AA and Al-Anon meetings, but it just feels like there's such a drought of like truly active meetings. Like I like I couldn't I could hardly find any that were actually open. I went to or I tried going to one in Torrington, mm-hmm. and it said that it, like it was listed as active, and it wasn't. I went to one in Danbury. Actually, no, I think I tried two in Danbury on the same night, and both of them were not, like, going on, even though they said they were active. And then I finally tried in Litchfield one night, and that one was finally working, but I feel like that's just... I just don't see that as being right. Like, having Um, having on and Alcoholics Anonymous groups, like, listed as active for people seeking recovery, and then they go there, and there's nothing. Like... Right. And I think, you know, I think before the pandemic hit, I think that, you know, well, I know for a fact that there was a lot more, you know, meetings and a lot of them have gone online. Um, They've switched over to Zoom meetings, that kind of of a thing. But yeah, no, that frustration is real Um, because my girlfriend and I had at one time, I've gone to a couple um, Narcotics Anonymous meetings with her. and the same thing when we were first searching for a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, we tend to, we, we struggled with finding one that was actually running, you know, they, they listed that they were mm-hmm. active and we had gone and it was like, oh, no, 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 it's, you know, 
we don't have enough members. So it was like, well, then why is it still listed? But we did end up finding one. Um, and I can give you that um, information, you know, after right. we're done talking, um, you know, if okay. you're interested in that as well. Okay. You know, I would definitely be interested in that because I think that they are really good. Like even the groups that are for like families, I mm-hmm. think that those are just so helpful because at least for me, I felt like I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it with because it's it just still feels like such a taboo topic. Like you can't really just talk about it with anybody. You're correct. You can't. It, it, is, it does come across as people like to people like to sweep it under the rug. They like to, you know, it's an unpleasant, it's an unpleasant, uncomfortable situation, you know, topic, and people don't like to fully address it. And it's actually funny that you say that because um, when I was just starting my project and I was like bouncing names off of like my teacher and my friends, I was thinking of like calling my project the boogeyman because like it just feels like addiction is like the boogeyman where like nobody talks about it. But I, I think it was a good call to not name it that because I wanted to keep it serious. But I just think it's sort of funny that that was one of my ideas and it really does reflect what you were just saying. But um, yeah. But it, it is true, and we see a lot of that with, you know, you know, I've noticed, you know, with the pandemic, it's, you know, they've done a lot of talking about, you know, the pandemic and the corona and the whole thing, and it's like, but right now, I mean, addiction is through the roof. Yeah. It's through the roof. I mean, we, we yes, we were in a, you know, a an opioid, epi- we are in an opioid epidemic, but since the pandemic, it's, you know, it yeah. has just spiraled with mental health and addiction issues and you know you still you know you hear a little bit here and there on the news but you don't truly hear the true yeah you know like it's not talked about enough no it doesn't because people just don't they don't want to they don't want to deal with it they don't want to you know we don't want it in our town and we don't want it in our neighborhood and we don't want it in our schools when the reality is it is in our town and it is in our schools and it is in our you know Mm -hmm. in our area and it is something that we all need to you know be aware of and address and know how to treat and know how to you know have harm reduction you know philosophies you know so that we can take care of one another but it's you know, we all can just do the best we can at the moment. And I think, you know, you doing the senior project is pretty fantastic. Thank you. Thank sure. You. But, um, no, I, like, just like building off what you said, I feel like there's a serious see no evil, hear no evil, like, Correct. mentality with it. It's like, as long as it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Correct. Where, like, I just see that as a huge issue. Like, I'm actually really happy that I was, like, scrolling through Instagram earlier this week or last week and i saw a bunch of posts saying that may is um fentanyl overdose awareness month <laughs> it's the first one like that they've sort of declared may as but i just think it's amazing because fentanyl overdoses is, is the number one leading cause of deaths for americans under 30 i believe late 20s Correct. but it's like overdoses like like people don't like to think of them like that's what i've found it's like my like even on tv shows like if it shows an overdose like i was i watched breaking bad i love the show and one Mm -hmm. of the characters overdoses and i just know that like a lot of people see that as like such an offensive scene 
Like it's right. just incredibly hard to watch and nobody, everybody thinks it's in poor taste. But mm-hmm. the reality of it is, it's a TV show and it's only offensive because nobody talks about it and just, I just think that people see it as so distasteful because they never really hear about it. It seems like such like a horrible way to die when in reality it's the most likely which people just don't see like i'm glad that um there's there's beginning to be a lot more resources to stop these overdoses like i know in texas you can buy narcan at most like gas gas stations oh really yeah i did not know that you know they're starting to sell um like test strips for drugs and like for the fentanyl yeah yeah you know i just think that's amazing like it needs to spread to more places i i just think it's also incredible that it's happening in texas which is such a conservative area Mm -hmm. because i feel like i would have expected that out of a more liberal place like oregon where they're decriminalizing drugs where they're i would like i don't know but I just think it's amazing that they're starting to make Narcan more readily available. And um, mm-hmm. overdose, like not overdose, I'm sorry. Like fentanyl test strips for drugs, like, cause I think that's also a fairly good mentality. Obviously it would be great to end addiction, but to be completely realistic, you can't really end addiction, but you can end dangerous drug use. Right, you can, you can, you know, you can have harm reduction principles in place and you know it's not just you know yes the Narcan helps with you know with opioids and the thing now is and that's what concerns me with a lot of kids is is people don't realize is that you know it's the fentanyl that is getting cut into all of these different drugs so while yes you cannot overdose on marijuana you know if there's fentanyl in your in, in the marijuana, yeah. you know, you could be in some trouble. And, you know, so having these test strips and being able to, you know, test the product beforehand, you know, because I'm not saying, listen, you, you know, I know that most, you know, a lot of people like to argue the fact that, well, hey, kids are kids and kids will experiment and kids will, you know, try these things. It's a rite of passage to smoke marijuana. It's a rite of passage to do these certain things completely understand you know I was a child once too I was a kid not that I you know agree with certain things but you know what so if they are well informed and they have these you know these tools and these these techniques you know to be able to you know say hey just give me a second you know let's make sure this is safe or let's make sure you know you know I think that Mm -hmm. is something that can make a difference that can really make a difference in people's lives like it's it's just like such a great foundation that's starting to be put into place right like, like i know for a fact like i um when i was at naugatuck you know i went i got trained how to administer narcan you know i got a free narcan kit and you know thankfully my narcan kit never was used it expired um i had gone down because in connecticut you can go to um a certified pharmacist someone who is trained in narcan um you can go up to the pharmacy and you can say i would like narcan um it will be processed under your insurance um you know, so you don't need a prescription to do it. You know, a pharmacist can prescribe it and dispense it to you. Right. Um, however, I had gone in and said, I need a new, you know, a new prescription of Narcan. I said, you know, mine expired. And my copay was $70. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember being so taken back that I was like, $70? Like, to me, that was a lot of money. And I'm not, you know, I know we have the whole argument, well, should it be free? Should it not be free? You know, why should they get life-saving medication when people don't get EpiPens? Whatever this, whatever the, you know, argument is. Yeah. My thought was, people who need this medication, say you have, you know, you are prescribed opioids or you do, you know, you're a parent, you want to have this medication on hand because you know that your child, you know, is an addict. You know, that's a lot of money for some Mm -hmm. people. And I was kind of taken back by like, wow, 70 bucks, you know? And I thought to myself, you know, addicts who are worrying about getting their next fix or getting, you know, they're not going to put $70 out to have life-saving medication. So I I found that to be like kind of an interesting, you know, an interesting area of, wow, you know, people are not going to pay $70 to have this medication that they may or may not use. You know what I mean? So I think some work could be done in that area a little bit, you know, bringing the cost down a little bit for some people. But there are a lot of ways to to get it for free. Um, I know Brian Cody's Law, which is here in New Milford, that, you know, they they dispense Mm -hmm. Norcan. um, Oh, really? And Greenwood's Referral Service, Greenwood's uh, Counseling. uh, So I believe you can call them and ask for Narcan. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. And there is, I don't know if you know, but there is a, um, Brian Cody's Law does have, is going to be having a recovery festival again in August. It'll be on the green. Um, We we did it last year. It was our first recovery festival. Um, We had a bunch of, we had a bunch of um, companies, companies and um, different rehabs come and you know you can get information we did Narcan training we did you know toys and games for kids it really was just a big information sharing Um, we had you know food trucks and we also had um, artists and you know it was just we had bands and it was just for the community to come together get some information um, you know and just to support one another of you know yeah I didn't even know that went on last year yeah did you go last year no i wasn't aware that it was going on i really wish oh, i had okay. though because i would have loved to go yep that's so it's gonna there's gonna be another one in august wow. um i think it's august the last weekend in august the 28th but um it's brian if you go to brian cody's law yeah um, um yep yeah, no, the I'll night, you'll find it. i hope i'll still be here because my family is in the process of moving so that might oh. be that might be at the point where I'm in Minnesota already. But oh wow, Minnesota! <laughs> yeah, going to college out there. My family's moving out there. Oh, so that's fantastic! Big changes. Yeah. Right. Wow. All right. Well, I'm only allowed to record for 30 minutes on an episode, so we're just about okay. at 27, and I don't want to cut off another conversation because I've done that many times in the past with guests. So I'm just gonna sign off now. Okay. So. Thank All right, you. well, thanks for having me. Thanks for talking. I was going to say, thank you so much for helping me out. It was wonderful talking with you. Yeah, and I wish you the best of luck in college and with your senior project. All right. Thank Have you a great so day. much. Bye. And thank you for listening to Let's Talk About It, Episode 9. Be safe. Mm-hmm.